You're listening to episode 53 of Chirps, a St. Louis Cardinals podcast for birds on the black. I'm Tara, he's Alex, and this week the Astros dominated the headlines once again. But what does this mean for the Cardinals? Hey everybody, welcome back to Chirps. As you can hear, I am back this week on the show after a couple of weeks away for work. And first of all, thanks to Kyle for jumping in with Alex last week. I know everyone enjoyed that. I enjoyed listening to it and hearing from all of you. It sounds like you enjoyed it as well. But while Alex and Kyle were breaking down all things minor league baseball, I was hanging out at a reindeer farm. So, I mean, you can decide who the winner is there. <laughs> what is a reindeer farm? Uh, exactly what it sounds like. Okay. Um, it's all right, uh, all right. why? Why is there? A reindeer farm? <laughs> so that is less clear to me after visiting the reindeer farm, other than it's a a cool thing that people pay money to go see. Um, in some cases, they they'll do some you know research and and study of the different species and things of that nature. It's also used for a lot of education um, about such things. Uh, mostly I wanted a picture with a reindeer. So I went to a reindeer farm and learned a bunch of cool stuff about reindeer and how fast they can swim and um, how uh, unique they are to the entirety of the uh, deer species and then took pictures with reindeer and that was it. It was super random. And I have no idea how that's where I ended up that day. But you know, when you're when you're in a middle of nowhere town in Washington State, your options are limited. <laughs> now, do reindeer actually make it that far south? Um, I'm led to believe reindeer are only found in Canada and further north. For the most part, yes. Um, they. My understanding is that there are some at that level or at that, that sort of Southern location in other parts of the world, not so much um, the Northern U S I guess, but um, they were brought there specifically for either breeding or for um, again, like the research and the uh, <laughs> spectator gotcha. opportunities. I don't know. So the, this uh, farm, they brought them from somewhere in the North and now breed them. So I'm still unclear on exactly the purpose, <laughs> but uh, it was cool. So I'm okay with it. Right on. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> um, that is about as interesting as anything going on with the Cardinals at this point in the off season. Although I did hear on a, a podcast today with Jim Hayes that Matt Carpenter is working on stuff and Harrison Bader is training in Florida. So if you were curious what they're doing with their off season, they're working on stuff. So that's not much of a headline, but it's close to the best we can do as far as the Cardinals are concerned. Fortunately for them, the Astros have sort of been dominating the headlines, really not just this off season, kind of the entirety of 2019. Alex, uh, let me just run through this for you. We're going to talk about the Astros and the sign stealing and how that relates to the Cardinals in some form or fashion and what it means for baseball in 2020 and beyond. But let me just, let me just run through this. So in 2019, these are the just off the top of my head, the, the scandals 
that the Astros have been involved in. One, Justin Verlander sort of breaking the media availability rules and barring a reporter from his own postgame session, which never really seemed to be resolved, just sort of forgotten about. Uh, then, of course, there was the assistant GM who lashed out at, at female reporters and then slandered those reporters when the story broke and then had to apologize and then got fired when a bunch of dudes confirmed that actually the story was true. Um, and now they're the subject of this massive investigation into sign-stealing practices that evidently go far beyond what is sort of accepted as just part of the game. And also, they were evidently the leaders of the pack on the idea of eliminating 42 minor league baseball teams rather than having to pay those players living wages. So, I mean, like, banner year for the Astros. I genuinely am beginning to feel sorry for Astros fans. <laughs> um yeah, I guess I sort of, <laughs> you know, um, I think when you're a fan in this position, your natural instinct is to double down and push back mm, yeah. and say, just just defend the team at all costs. And uh, I guess I feel less sorry for those fans, although I get it. I, you know, I, I think people get defensive about this stuff because they feel like, when something like this happens and people are throwing heaps of criticism on the Astros, they feel like somehow it's, it's their fault. Like, you know, they're also in the wrong, even though they had absolutely nothing to do with it. Uh, Certainly we've, you know, experienced that as Cardinals fans with whatever various things they've gotten into over the years. So yeah, I sort of get it. Uh, You know, fandom is just a weird thing in general. You know, people act weird when it comes to their sports teams. So I understand. That is that I, is the truth. I remember, uh, uh, and this isn't—I'll just veer off topic real quick, and then we'll, then we'll return to uh, what we're supposed to be talking about. But I remember the beginning of the 2017 season, opening day. Dexter Fowler is debuting for the Cardinals, and whether it was his first at bat or whether it was when he was announced and, you know, the crowd cheered him, we were playing the Cubs, uh, you know, defending champion Cubs. Uh, he got a nice hand from the crowd because, you know, he was our big free agent signing at the time. And Craig Calcaterra tweeted something like, isn't that interesting? They booed him last year and now they're cheering for him. Uh, that's, that's so weird how fans are like that. Or, and I'm like, no, it's not. Like, what? <laughs> that's exactly that's, what that's fans ex- are like. <laughs> like. What is so weird about that? Like, of course, that's how fans act. And, you know, certainly that's a much more benign example than what we're talking about here. But it's kind of an extension of that is that, you know, people latch onto their teams and defend them at all costs and sometimes have to go to a go and sometimes end up in a place where they shouldn't be uh and would be better off just saying like look you know i'm just a fan i have nothing to do with these uh idiots (laughs) you know i i can't i can't speak for them and all the dumb things they're doing uh just let me cheer for my team uh and you know back off yeah it's it's definitely a weird position to be in and we've said before you know at some point it feels like every fan of any team is going to find themselves in a situation uh, not identical to this, but where, you know, their team does something pretty stupid and you've got to figure out how you can respond to that. And, you know, being in this age of social media and instant reactions doesn't really help all of that, but it is um, sort of a weird situation for a lot of people to try to weigh in on. So we're going to weigh in on it (laughs) on a 
Cardinals podcast that isn't about the Astros at all, but this is a massive story. And I know that you and Kyle kind of talked about it last week, shortly after the story broke, I was kind of trying to follow along as I could while I was, you know, (laughs) hanging out with the reindeer and whatnot. But there's so much to this that has broken since then that I feel like we have to talk a little bit more about it. First of all, I just want to start with the fact that like this is coming from players who used to play for the Astros and scouts who used to work for the Astros. Like these accusations aren't coming from opponents who think something weird is happening. Like this whole investigation was sparked because people who were there are saying that it happened. And then all the things that have come out since then, as far as the evidence um, really against the Astros, it's stacking up so quickly and and so intensely. I, I don't, I don't know how you can even pretend that it wasn't a thing at this point. And I mean, even today, Rob Manfred basically came out and said that like, it doesn't appear that other teams were doing this and I can sort of levy any punishment that I come up with at this point. I mean, that's, that's pretty damning when it comes to that point and it it comes to that sort of comment Uh, so quickly in the process. uh Real quick, so I, I missed that. Uh, so Manfred said today yeah. that, or at least hinted at the idea that the Astros were kind of uh, very much on an island to themselves when it comes to this sort of these sort of shenanigans. Yeah, there was an article on ESPN that essentially said, Rob Manfred's quote was, I'm not going to speculate on whether other people are going to be involved. Yeah. We'll deal with that if it happens, but I'm not going to speculate about that. I have no reason to believe it extends beyond the Astros at this point in time. Yeah, I also, though, wonder if that's his way of trying to stave off, like, uh, uh, like look, look, this is just one bad actor. <laughs> Baseball doesn't have a problem. You know, like, yeah. like for instance, if, if they had been able to do that with the uh, steroid stuff, if it had just been mm. one team and they would have been able to like, look, this is not a baseball problem. This is a uh, Oakland A's problem or whoever right. problem. Although on, on the other hand, you, you would almost think that people would be more okay with this um, if everyone was doing it. Uh, you know, like there wasn't one team that was uh, going to all the to these to these lengths to steal signs whereas everyone else was just you know relying on the old you know try to get a guy on second and then uh see what the catcher's doing so i'm i'm glad that you brought up i'm I'm glad that you said it that way because one of the things i i keep thinking and that i wanted to ask you about is this and maybe it's too early to tell because we don't know how widespread it is we don't know how involved it is whatever but uh, with what we know now with what you were just saying is this the current era of baseball's version of steroids in that everyone knows that teams are doing shady stuff, but only the ones who get caught are going to be, you know, labeled with some sort of asterisk on their successes, like we saw with individual players in the steroid era, who were certainly not the only ones doing those things, but were the only ones that got caught. I have no idea. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. that There are several things that lead me to believe it's not just the Astros. Um, and those things are this. One, just how open the Astros were 
with how they went about doing it, like banging on the trash can. Um, you know, we all saw that example with the White Sox pitcher where he stepped off the mound because he could yeah. figure out what was happening. And, you know, and if he could do that, then certainly other people could as well. So it's not like they were going to huge, crazy lengths to hide this. Like, uh, like for instance, a batter, the batter having like an like a hidden earpiece or something like that that alerts him to what's going on. Although I did read. Um, something in the New York Post, you may have seen this as well, that there's talk of either the Astros or or who knows what teams could have like bandages on that yeah. would like kind of send like electric like shots. Like buzzers or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's also, uh, so, so the fact that they were so, I guess, out in the open with it, if that's what we want to call it, that's a fair way to categorize it, makes me think that the Astros thought this was kind of like are operating in a way as if that this is baseball. This is, this is what we're doing now. Um, now maybe we're doing, we're being more aggressive about aggressive about it than other teams, but look, if we get caught, we, we get caught and we'll deal with it then, but we're not like too worried about it. I guess the other thing, and this was mentioned, I've heard other people mention this as well, you know, with, players and coaches are mobile uh, you know they go to other teams and as we're seeing now with Mike Fires like this is not something you can keep in house forever right, right? you know especially yeah. when um if a guy gets fired like we saw with the assistant GM in fact that hasn't there already been speculation like maybe he's already ratting out the yeah. ass like he turned us uh what, what would you same you, same story with le- scouts that were yeah. fired in pretty unceremonious right, like they ways turned states evidence yeah. and you know are now are um informing upon the team <laughs> uh so you know it, it kind of goes back to the cardinals hacking scandal in that their password was what x923 so like you have all you have these astros who are super smart and sophisticated people allegedly but then they have a password that is X923. So you have the Astros in this case, again, super smart and sophisticated, allegedly, using a center field uh, camera to, uh, you know, very surreptitiously to steal signs. And then the second part of that is banging on a trash can loud enough for uh, the audio to pick it up, yeah. you know, and ev- for everyone to hear it. So it's like, it's like this weird paradox of weird and gross, like a covert ops mixed with just like complete dumbassery or, yeah. or something it's, of it's like, either, what are you guys doing? I mean, it's, it's these extremes, right? Of either that the Astros think that literally everyone else in the entire universe of baseball is too dumb to figure it out, or they are really just that dumb themselves and <laughs> kind of put themselves in this position by being really bad at the thing that they were trying to do. Uh, it, it is strange. And that's why the more that comes out about this, it's just sort of mind boggling to me that one, it took this long because we're talking about 2017, right? Now, whether it continued after that or not, I think is still part of this ongoing investigation, but the the primary season in focus is the 2017 season. And of course, there's a world series involved there. So that's partly why it's, it's um, you know, the primary focus, but like that didn't just happen overnight. And uh, even if it was isolated to a single season, how no one figured it out or made it public before now is, is sort of mind boggling to me because of how obvious it seems now. And I think that's the, the strange thing to me. And in some regard, 
I, I guess what makes this so fascinating as it's developing, because you're right, it seems so obvious and it seems so not you know, subtle or secret or, or like, how did they think that no one was going to talk about this at some point eventually, um, whether it was directly trying to expose them or just like in conversation with their new teammates or something. It's, it's so bizarre. But that doesn't that make you think it's more widespread? um, Yeah. than than just isolated to one team. And and I'm not saying it is, but I'd be it. And I'm not saying all 30 teams, but I'd be shocked if there's not other teams who are right now really nervous. Well, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's a probably a good reason why there aren't a lot of comments being made about it because people don't want to, you know, draw the attention. But, yeah, um, yeah. but I mean, the card, as far, as far as we know, a week from now, we'll be talking about, oh gosh. What an embarrassing week for the Cardinals. Yeah, well, and that's you know, why, you know, like, you know I, I hesitate to, to say anything too, you know, controversial about it now because we don't know who is or isn't doing it. I will say I was listening to a podcast with uh, Jim Hayes who talked to Oliver Marmolt um, about this. And it was interesting hearing his comments because he was essentially saying, like, I wish we didn't have to be talking about this, but we know that we do. And because of mm-hmm. that, we make like proactive steps in this last season. He's talking about last season in particular. We made proactive steps in in how we handled ourselves, particularly on the road, in order to account for that. So it doesn't sound like they think it's just exclusive to the Astros because that wouldn't have been a whole thing that the Cardinals had to worry about for the entirety of the season if it was just the one team. So it does... That's why Manfred's comments today surprised me in his willingness to say we don't think it's a bunch of teams. We think it's just the Astros. Um, Although it is Rob Manfred. So maybe that shouldn't surprise me as much as it did. But I I think just in the content of that comment alone, I would be shocked if this isn't, if this is something that's isolated just to the Astros. And that's why I I was thinking maybe this is sort of the, (laughs) sort of the analytics era um, comparison to steroids when it was the way to gain an advantage and now it's technology and i I don't know how you i I guess maybe you make an example of the astros and then hope that that shuts down some of it but i don't i don't know how you do that without acknowledging that it's happening elsewhere yeah I, i have i have no idea what the punishment should be and I wonder if Major League Baseball even knows what the punishment <laughs> should be. Uh, so, you know, they have a lot of things to figure out. It's going to be really interesting. It's uh, one thing I was thinking about earlier today is, you know, I always thought it was a little overboard and almost obnoxious when there would be a meeting on the mound and players would be, uh, you know, covering their mouths <laughs> while talking. Like, you know, is this really necessary? <laughs> like, uh, are we, aren't we all being a little paranoid? Well, well, clearly not, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, um, and you see this like in the NFL too with, uh, you know, offense coordinators, you know, covering their mouths when they're talking and stuff like that. Uh, but this is where we are now. You, this is a real thing, you, a real thing you have to worry about. And they're not being paranoid. Um, and, and and that's another thing that makes me think that this is not just limited to the Astros um, because of how 
almost universal that practice is of of like you know clearly the people are watching <laughs> you know like we can't let them read our lips that said it also would not surprise me in the least if when it's all said and done we find out that the astros did take it to a level that other teams weren't quite uh at yet that does seem to be the astros way at this point which is not a compliment to the way that they've built their success. I think it calls into question a lot of things about how they have been successful and if they're, you know, creating shortcuts in other ways as well. Um, I, I think that's all going to be part of this, right? Yeah. Um, I have a real quick question. Couldn't you see this, and I'm sure it has backfired in a way, but couldn't you see this backfiring like, it's one thing to not know what pitch is coming, meaning everything's on the up and up and it's just uh, a pitcher batter, batter duel like we all think they happen, which is that the batter's trying to guess what the pitcher's going to throw and he has no advance warning at all. Imagine if you think because of whatever you know system you have set up, that the pitcher is about to throw something like you're positive. He's going to throw an off speed pitch. And for whatever reason, something goes wrong. And that is not the pitch he throws. You are, you're at a much worse disadvantage (laughs) there than you are just not knowing at all versus thinking it's something different. Right. So, so like there's obviously the upside is obviously clear, which is if you know what sort of speed, uh, you know, the incoming pitch is going to be, then, you know, you've, you've basically cracked the code of, of hitting. But if you're wrong about that, and you, you, meaning if you're like, have like this certainty in your mind that, okay, I'm about to get a change up and you get a, uh, you know, four seamer instead, you know, you have virtually no chance yeah. in, in that situation. So it seems like it's kind of risky as well. And I get in you probably saw this as well that several times it was mentioned that, yeah, some players just don't want to know. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I wonder if that's why. I, I would suspect to think that's why. That's not some moral thing like, you know, I'm above this. Uh, I would think it's more like, no, nah, that just seems like, you know, a little too much going on in my head at that moment. Well, I, I, would, imagine, I would imagine it messes with a player's ability to trust what they're seeing, like, in real life, you know, like if, if you become so dependent on someone else telling you what you're going to see, then you, I, I would, I, I just would imagine that it, it would affect your reaction time if that's not what you see. Right. And you would kind of get in your own head about it. So yeah, I, I can see how that would be sort of a negative effect of trying to gain this weird advantage via technology. I also think and and maybe this is me being uh, too empathetic just as a person in general, but I, I wonder about the impact of this. It puts the, the players in such a weird position because, you know, even if they are the guy that d- didn't want to know and he never, you know, wanted the advance notice or whatever it was, like he's still a part of this organization that is systematically trying to cheat the game in some way. And like, that's such a weird position to to put guys that are as talented as they are in. I, I don't know. It just seems like such an unfortunate reality for players that are good enough without this strange tampering with the the system. And now it's going to impact the way that they're seen over the course of their entire careers. Like I, I just can't imagine 
so many people at the top going, yeah, this seems cool. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, I guess it doesn't surprise me as much. I don't know. Um, uh, you know, people are crazy competitive. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, you would have to think part of the steroid era occur, occurred because of the snowball effect, which is that, look, I, I can't afford to be the one guy who's not mm, using yeah. some sort of performance enhancing drugs, even though I'd prefer not to be injecting this stuff into my body, whatever that stuff is. But, you know, I'm, I, I'm, when all things are fair, I'm in like, say the top, you know, 80 percentile of, uh, of all players. Um, but when everyone's taking PEDs, then I'm all of a sudden, you know, in the bottom 30% or something, you know, that might, that's going to mess with people's brains. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think it would. I don't think it would like the the people we just talked about. The people who said like, you know, I'd rather not know. I, I really don't think it would bother them that if they knew players on their team were doing that. Like, I really think it's just sort of like a preference thing, um, and that again, this is more widespread than we want to believe um, that it really is one of those like, yeah, it's cheating, but so what? Like, so is, I don't know, um, fill in the blank of whatever happens on a football field or yeah. basketball field or in any other sport, I guess. I don't know. It's uh, what, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say one other thing I thought of to go back to my example of how the Astros seem to be operating on these two different levels of like the impression that, you know, that they are, super sophisticated, but also kind of like just bumbling at the same time is the example is the, uh, what came out about Kevin Goldstein, the old baseball prospectus guy who's now in the front office, who, as I understand it was, um, basically sending emails saying like, this is the type of stuff we want to get involved in. We think this is the next step of development, meaning this sort of science stealing stuff. And, you know, this was mentioned in emails, which we all know are, you know, usually discoverable you know, yeah. in situations like this. So like they certainly weren't covering their tracks at all if they went into this thinking, if we're doing this, we absolutely cannot be caught because if we're caught, then we're finished. Yeah, it's it's such, I don't know. And and I think the the competitiveness that leads to that kind of thing is why it's easy to believe that other organizations are doing the same thing because they're all trying to gain the same advantage. Um, I do want to talk about how this relates to the Cardinals in two specific ways, but first we have to talk about Christian Yelich versus you Darvish because it's hilarious. Mm -hmm, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. When this whole thing started to break, uh, Jeff Jones tweeted that Houston, I'm reading his tweet. Houston is one of three teams. I've had multiple players identified to me as the most egregious with electronic sign stealing. The others are Milwaukee and Texas. So all of a sudden Milwaukee is in this conversation as well, not just because of his tweet, but because of a lot of, you know, uh, people who have sort of alluded to that over the years and, and this mm -hmm. conversation now they're involved in. Uh, and all of a sudden there was some, again, Twitter breaking <laughs> evidence um, as far as you Darvish stepping off because Yelich seems to look to the outfield and it became this whole thing. Darvish commented on it and said, yeah, that's why I did that because I saw him, look off so i stepped off and then christian yelich chimed in and it went back and forth a couple of times and um for something that is a pretty serious subject matter alex this back and forth between the two of them was hilarious yeah so 
Darvish seems like the uh, one of the more pleasant, likable people in baseball <laughs> that I can remember. Uh, and, and he's been like that since day one. Um, it, it really is a shame he's on the Cubs, right? <laughs> like, I really, really like uh, you, Darvish. I, he's uh, in the top... He's in the pantheon of likable Cubs in my lifetime with Andre Dawson and uh, I don't know who else would be on that list. Uh, maybe Jim Edmonds. Uh, well, Jim's not very likable at the That's moment. True. Uh, <laughs> can, uh, um, Yelich, uh, basically what Yelich said is uh, no one needs help against you, which, you know, that's uh, that's some solid trash talk. You know, people were like, people were replying with like, well, actually, uh, Darvish has a 30% uh, strikeout rate. Like, yeah, he's talking trash. I don't think he was really <laughs> trying to get into an analytical argument about uh, about his stats. Um, so m- my position on Yelich is if, he's ha- if he was having fun, um, then that was great as well. Uh, and I loved it. If he was actually being serious and was bitter, then he looks, uh, silly and, uh, I don't love it. And he, he looks, um, and he's 100%, um, in the wrong and I'm on Darvish's side. I'm on Darvish's side anyway, cause I like Darvish <laughs> yeah. a lot, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't quite know Yelich's motives or his state of mind when he sent that tweet. And I really need to know that to, to really figure out what percentage of um, likability I'm putting in his corner as well. It's either like expert level trolling or Mm -hmm. he's super guilty and is protesting way too much. Like that's the news to me. Sensitive. Yeah. Very, (laughs) and he's uh, a little overly sensitive, but I think there's a chance he's, I think there's a chance he's having fun, but I don't know, maybe not. Remember last year in the playoffs, because he, he just has this very likable boyish face. Mm-hmm. And then last year in the playoffs with regard to Manny Machado, yeah. he was like dropping this kind of tough guy routine that when uh, saying these words that I just couldn't picture coming out of that. Because that he looks like he's 12. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so I don't know, but maybe, maybe he's fooling all of us maybe. And, and he's not this fun guy at all. <laughs> Uh, maybe Milwaukee will be the next team uh, investigated. Who knows? Uh, but for now, it's the Astros. And because of that, th- there are some ties into the Cardinals that I want to get to quickly. And I mentioned two things. <laughs> One is really uh, circumstantial and, and probably not that significant. But can we talk about the Cardinals moving the camera angle <laughs> and whether or not that has to do with uh-huh. this whole ordeal? Because they were real uh-huh. weird about it. And... We never got like a good answer as to why the center field camera angle changed. And then hearing some of the conversation about how they were protecting themselves against uh, the potentially questionable integrity of other teams. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's, it what? seems like it could be part of the narrative. So the theory being the Cardinals changed their camera angle because of something to do with this. Um, but wait a second. The the TV is always on delay, right? So so like why for this specific reason? So what would what would do what would changing the camera angle affect? Well, it's here? on delay for uh, the broadcast, but like a direct right. feed from the camera isn't delayed. But, I don't know. But, I'm just stirring up conspiracy, really. <laughs> okay, okay. So so I, I I'm not against it. I'm not against the idea of uh, a good conspiracy. So the idea is that the Cardinals did it because they were cheating or because they were preventing, they want to prevent other teams. From That's cheating. the question. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Um, 
no, I, I really don't think it has any relation. <laughs> I just thought it was like, funny. We, we had to move, we had to move our camera angle to make room for our right, camera. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or the flip side <laughs> is they thought that somehow visiting teams were then using rather than their own center field camera, trying to figure out a way to utilize the television broadcast in some regards so they move i don't know like i said i'm i'm just making stuff up at this point i just think it's funny that we complained about the well, center field camera all season and now center field cameras are <laughs> such a big part of the well, off-season dialogue <laughs> well we never got a good uh we never got a good explanation right. as to why that camera angle did move so hey perhaps this is <laughs> as uh you know until they give us right. one we can just go with this although yeah i, I we're talking about you're right. We are talking about cameras out in the outfield, but we're not talking about the TV right. cameras, the one that's actually <laughs> showing the game on the broadcast. We're talking about cameras that we're not supposed to know are even unauthorized there. cameras. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. The other way that this actually does tie into the Cardinals is in relation to Jeff Albert. There's been a lot of conversation about whether this implicates him in some regard or if this, you know, method that he was supposed to be bringing with him from the Astros had anything to do with their uh, questionable approach to gaining an advantage. Um, first of all, I, I think it's important to clarify that he was not with the major league team in 2017. He was a minor league hitting instructor um, or hitting coordinator, whatever the title was at the time. And he came to the major leagues the following year. So in regard to this specifically, it seems unlikely that he was involved in any of that or, or that it implicates him in coming to the Cardinals. Secondarily, he obviously didn't bring this to the Cardinals because they were real bad <laughs> at the hitting thing. So if he did, um, they they didn't use it very well. So it seems unlikely to me. But it is it is a fair question to ask, I think, in, in any of these conversations. Because like you said, players move on to other teams. Coaches move on to other teams. You know, scouts are hired by other teams when they're <laughs> fired uh, from the Astros or whatever the case may be. So this information is available and the methodology is there and whatever the excuse is for why the Astros thought it was okay for them to do it may in fact have transferred to Jeff Albert in the theories that he brought with him. So do you feel like there's any reason to, to be suspicious of Jeff Albert or to feel like he needs to, you know, come forward and make a statement about this because of his relation to the Astros before he came to St. Louis? I think it's 100% valid to have questions like that. And, and I think it's also 100% valid to assume his year uh, with the big league club in 2018, that if this stuff was going on then as well, and you know, I think that's, I'll, I'll leave that to everyone else <laughs> to what, how fair of assumption they think that is. I think it probably is fair, but I think it's reasonable to conclude that he probably knew about it on some level. I don't know that for sure, but it's certainly certainly a legitimate question to ask mm. and a, a legitimate thing to assume. Now, with regard to uh, like, oh, great, were the Cardinals sold a bill of goods because they thought this guy was amazing when really it was just like the camera, <laughs> cameras doing all the work. Like, obviously, the Cardinals didn't just straight up hire him because they looked at like Fangraph's leaderboards and saw like the Astros walk rates and like, all right, let's hire this guy. Yeah. You know, they clearly interviewed him. He, I'm sure he told them about his philosophy, you know, how he does everything and all that. And uh, he did something, he did enough to where they, he convinced them that he was their guy. So I'm not, because I did hear some people saying like, you know, 
he's he's really not uh you know all he's cracked up to be it was really all just that you know that cheating stuff and i i don't i don't share share those concerns really at all but yeah i mean i i think anyone who was involved in the astros around that era and around that time and i certainly he was uh has a bit of a stain on this or maybe not a stain but it's certainly you know it's fair to ask you know what did you know and when and you know when did you know it if anything uh i will say going back a few weeks ago when i said i didn't know what he looked like uh <laughs> i immediately i went and looked at pictures of him and i was like oh of course that guy i was staring at him all year you know he was always you know between like goldschmidt and someone else talking i think the fact that he's so young uh and i say that because i think he's like at least like a year younger than me so that means he's young uh, I think the fact that he, I just assumed he was like, I don't know. He was, he's a very easy guy to miss yeah. in terms of like not a coach. Very uh, so that was my like not unassuming like. and <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't really uh, grab attention. Sunglasses on. Yeah. So, you know, he's yeah. easy to hide. But I mean, yeah. I mean, wh- what do you think? I mean, would you be surprised if he knew this was going on? Um, I mean, he was their hitting coach. Yeah, you know, it's. I think it's a totally fair question to ask, and I would hope that the question is being asked or has been asked of Jeff Albert, and the Cardinals will, you know, react accordingly. But I think two things. Um, one, I would say that it continues this suspicion that this sort of practice is not as isolated to the Astros as Rob Manfred would like us all to believe, because you know, you would think that coming to an organization where perhaps they were not engaged in the same sort of technological secrecy um, that would, you know, be a bit of a surprise to someone who just thought it was normal. And maybe it was, and maybe that's why his philosophy didn't, didn't work in, in 2019. I don't know. But I, I think that it does, again, sort of build the credibility for the idea that other teams are doing this as well. And it's not as much of a secret as we would like to believe it is, I guess. But at the same time, I think if anything, even if it wasn't something that he was directly involved in, right? If it wasn't, you know, his scheme that he came up with, if it wasn't something that he was directly involved in implementing, even in 2018 as the hitting coach, um, I think the, the idea that he was completely in the dark about it is a little bit naive, and as much as I would like to believe that he was just sort of blissfully ignorant of the whole thing and it was never a part of a, a single conversation he ever had, I, like I, that, that feels a little naive um, because of how widespread this seems to be and the fact that it seems like basically everyone was involved uh, on some level. So I th- do think it's a fair question to ask and I would certainly be curious in hearing the answer to it. I don't know if we will. We don't typically hear from Jeff Albert directly. And uh, the Cardinals tend to kind of protect their coaching staff from those sorts of conversations um, at all costs. So I don't know that we will. But it's a, a question that I think will linger as long as no one from St. Louis and their front office addresses it, which is probably not good for them going forward. I think I would only really uh, care if it came out that he was like the complete mastermind yeah. of all of this, which is clearly not going to be the case since it seems like it goes to levels above him in the front office. So yeah, um, if it comes out that he knew about it, uh, 
I don't think I'll care all that much. And I guess that that presents this interesting scenario as well, where it's like, obviously, people knew that this was happening when it was happening. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, people are like, Oh, yeah, I, I knew that was happening. So where is that line where you should say something versus just sort of ignoring it and trying to do your own job? I, I don't know what the answer to that question is. But that's kind of part of this whole thing, right? Just like it was <laughs> in the steroid era, guys knew that other guys were doing it. But as long as they didn't get caught, no one really said anything. So now all of a sudden, we're dealing with another issue where it seems like people know about it, who's responsible for bringing attention to it? And are they responsible for that? Or is it just sort of part of the process of this whole thing, and it'll work itself out eventually, you just might lose a few series to the team that you know is cheating in the process. I don't know. It's just this very, very weird mental gymnastics to try to figure out how you handle something like this in a game that that likes to talk about integrity, that likes to talk about um, you know, trying to maintain the legitimacy of the competition. They're not as great at implementing that. Yeah. So you know how you always hear uh and it kind of sounds like BS every time you hear it, but like that Wainwright and Yachty have this sort of operate on this level where they almost don't even need signs. Yeah. They just know what yeah. the other one is thinking. Well, maybe now would be the perfect time to really implement that. Uh, <laughs> um, have a know, crash some, course in telepathy <laughs> over the offseason yeah, with all the pitchers. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's you gotta you gotta go to whatever lengths you have to 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 protect yourself against the lack of integrity of other teams, as Ollie Marble said on the podcast with Jim Hayes. Well, all of that to say, there's been a lot to talk about. Not a lot of it has to do with the Cardinals. So, Alex, is there anything else Cardinals related that you feel like we should talk about at this point, or do we kind of just leave uh, this as it is with the whole Astros debacle and see what happens next week. Yeah, I don't really have much else to say. I, I did find that uh, Craig Calcaterra tweet I was referencing earlier, so I'm just going to read it. Mm. Um, this is from April 2nd, 2017, opening day, uh, Cardinals-Cubs game, and Fowler's debut with the Cubs, uh, with the Cardinals, I'm sorry. He tweeted, huh, they booed the guy who once played for the Cardinals, that's uh, Jason Hayward, I believe, and now plays for the Cubs, but cheered the Cardinal who once played for the Cubs. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's go. not weird at all. It's yeah, just and, sort of how, uh, how it works. <laughs> uh, Dan Moore, the old, uh, uh, I can't believe I, I've even found all this. The, the old um, site manager at Viva Alberto's quote tweeted it and said, Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I am just a caveman. Your baseball fans frighten and confuse me. Uh, that's a throwback to Caveman Lawyer, uh, old Phil Hartman's sketch on SNL. But yeah. Uh, no, obviously I don't have any Cardinals news if I'm reading tweets from over yeah. two years ago. <laughs> that's where we're at at this point. Yeah, talking yeah. for 40 minutes about the Astros and looking up old tweets. So we'll leave it at that as far as the, <laughs> the primary content of the show. Alex, uh, do you mm -hmm. have a chirp of the week? I do. Uh so Thursday, November 21st, is Stan Musial's birthday. He, uh, you know, Stan Musial, we almost all regard him as the greatest Cardinal of all time. And he is, he was a man who was just kind of a walking fun facts machine. Uh, 
starting with the fact that he had 1,815 hits at home and 1,815 hits on the road, uh, leading Albert Pujols to ask someone if he did that on purpose, uh, <laughs> which would uh, I highly doubt it, but it would certainly be great if he did. Now, Stan Musial was born in Denora, Pennsylvania, and again on November 21st, uh, on November 21st. And this other fun fact, which a lot of people also know, is that he shares a birthday with Ken Griffey Jr., um, who was also born in uh, Denora, Pennsylvania, and whose grandpa, Buddy Griffey, played on the Denora High School baseball team with Stan Musial, uh, which is such an amazing thing. And I looked up their home run total, um, and Griffey hit 630 and Musial hit 475. So they combined for 1,105 career home runs. Uh, I wanted to look at, like, who's the next, like, big Cardinal slugger, obviously, to hit a ton of home runs in a Cardinals uniform. And that, of course, would be Albert Pujols. Uh, Albert Pujols was born on January 16th in uh, Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. Unfortunately, there is not another single baseball player uh, to ever play in MLB who was born on that date from <laughs> Santo Domingo. So I can't do a direct comparison uh, with the Griffey and Musial thing uh, with Pujols. Um, but I can tell you that the next uh, most pro- prolific home run hitter who was born on January 16th was uh, Mark Trumbo. Hmm. Uh, he hit 218 home runs. Uh, combined with Pujols to 656, that adds up to 874. If you just look at Santo Domingo and get rid of the birth date, um, you get a much higher number, as you can imagine, with so many uh, awesome and great uh, players from the Dominican throughout uh, baseball's history. Uh, Manny Ramirez was also born in Santo Domingo, and he hit 555 home runs for his career. And if you add that on top of Pujols is 656, you have 1,211. And that's a lot of home runs uh, from two guys from the same town. But it's still not quite as cool as (laughs) being born in the same town and also sharing a birthday. And, uh, you know, I know it's – I know I'm not breaking any news here. Everyone knows um, that kind of griffy, usual fact. But it's so cool. Uh, And I I love when it's brought up every year on uh, November 21st. which will be this Thursday. So yeah, Griffey and Musial, born in the same town, have the same birthday, and Musial played with Griffey's uh, grandfather. Just cool. I don't know. I've always loved it. Yeah, I always loved it. Donora, Pennsylvania is like, I drive through it every once in a while. It's like 20 miles south of Pittsburgh. I think it's kind of like an old mining town, which Mm. means it's kind of dying. Um, But yeah. It's always fascinating when you hear something like that about you know, kind of a small town, right? Like what are the odds that these two guys are both going to have these mm-hmm. legendary careers in any sport? Uh, and it's, it's fascinating when they intertwine like that. Yeah, absolutely. And Griffey was born just a few years before his, his father, Ken Griffey Sr., made his debut with the Reds. Um, so uh, Junior certainly didn't spend a ton of time in Denora. Soon the family moved over to Cincinnati. But yes, it is very cool that uh, a small town like Denora, which I want to say, it, I believe last I looked, has about 10,000 residents, mm. produced a Ken Griffey Jr. and a Stan Musial. Yeah. I, I wish there was a way to check like uh, 
for towns under 20,000 or towns yeah. under 15,000. I can't imagine there's another town that can claim over 1,100 home runs from just two guys. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Uh, that would be on like every sign in town if I was if I had anything to do with it in that town. But um, <laughs> I'm sure it probably is. It would yeah. be my guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else they would be known for, but it, it probably can't top that. <laughs> probably not. So that is your chirp of the week early birthday memories of Stan the man. Alex, it was good to be back this week. Yeah, no, it's nice to have you back. We, uh, as some, a lot of people are mentioning that we should have uh, Kyle on as a guest when we're all three here. And maybe we will do that at some point. But. I love it. I love that idea. I think that it might be like a four hour show, but you know, <laughs> we can make it happen. We'll see what we can do about that. There will be plenty of time over the off season to try to make that work. The holidays are coming up though. So we'll be around. We may pop in with some, you know, short episodes here and there, but um, feel free to continue to chat with us online as you always do. I know there was a question about the AL East series for next year. We might get that, get to that um, as we go on through the off season. And then uh, somebody wanted us to talk about Kyle's glasses. So shout out to Kyle for the glasses. Um, You look great, buddy. And with that, we will wrap this show up. You can follow me on Twitter at Tara Wellman. He's at AlexCard79. Make sure you are following the Birds on the Black Twitter account as well as the podcast page on whatever um, podcast listening service you most enjoy. And that way you won't miss a show with us or with Kyle when he's got all his prospect stuff coming out at some point in the near future as well. So thanks very much for listening. Once again, I'm Tara. He's Alex. We'll talk to you next time.